Hey everyone, welcome to the Geek Awakens, where the talk is geekier than cosplaying Joker at your Oscar watch party. I'm Mitch, and joining me tonight is Matt, Hello, Tabitha, Hi, and Pickett. Yes, hello. Hey, thanks for thanks oh, for sitting in we order. Did. We sat in order. Yeah. Ah, you're welcome. <laughs> it's because I was already sitting here, probably. I just wanted to cuddle with Pickett. That's really what it boils down to. Right. I used to be way more cuddleable, but not anymore. I don't know. That sweater's pretty soft. That's true. Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored. Truth. <laughs> but could be. Sorry, we haven't done that in a while. Yeah. Um, if you like great value brand podcasts, then, <laughs> then be sure to subscribe to us pretty much wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify, CastBox, and Podbean. Really like what you hear? Then throw us some bones on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Uh, why do I always add a, add a plural there? No, it's just the one. It's just the one podcast. I promise. <laughs> Any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. Just one podcast. Just the one podcast. <laughs> I mean, we may... No, we're, lucky to, we're lucky to put one together. We, we may eventually branch out and get a second one, but... That sounds like a lot of work. That's a lot of work. Let's just do the spinoffs. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, before, because we've got so much to talk about this week, but before we get started on that, LodgeCon is only three weeks away, and we are pumped to be going back. Also coming to LodgeCon this year is Critical Grind Gaming. Uh, it's based in Shorewood, Illinois. It's ser- uh, serving Chicago suburbs, Dana and Sean specialize in organizing gaming events for uh, company events, public events at uh, your local bar, or even a private ev- event at your own home. You can find out more about Critical Grind Gaming at Facebook at facebook.com slash criticalgrind or on their website, criticalgrind.com. LodgeCon will be held February 8th and 9th at the Will County Fair Atrium in Piatone, Illinois, and we got a lot of work to do. Yeah. We yeah. Do. yeah. We got some movies to watch. Yeah. Has anybody started on our project yet? No. No. Okay. Y'all lucky I put these notes together for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm really glad that you guys have said that. Like, not really glad because like we need to be more uh, proactive. But at He's the same just time, glad because he hasn't started either. There it is. <laughs> ding 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 ding. Right there. I'm gonna work on it. <laughs> so. Like most things in my life. <laughs> the procrastination is strong with this group, oh, for man. sure. So, um, a couple of things I don't really want to talk on too much because they're both breaking. They're both stuff that's we don't have a lot of information um but uh watchman is likely done at hbo if you guys didn't see this uh creator damon lindelof is not interested in doing a season two so hbo is like kind of like nah we're good Uh, yeah the quote i saw basically said that the story that he wanted to tell he told in season one yeah which i thought i had read where that was kind of going to be the thing anyway like did so i I didn't follow. Um, I don't. I haven't watched it either. No. Okay. So no. Okay. No, none of us have watched it. Well, I just, I just want to, I just want to make sure that like before I watch it, knowing there's not really going to be a season two, that it ends. I don't want a cliffhanger. That's all I'm saying. That I don't know for sure. I'm gonna look um, into it. I remember reading a little bit about it that like there was a like a revelation of sorts um, in the last episode, but what that was and how it if it closes. The season series, etc. I that I don't know. Yeah. From what I understand, I, I've I've heard from a couple people where it is possibly like it's it's not a complete and total cliffhanger, but it like leaves the door open for hmm. something more. 
Okay. So. And I'm okay with that. I just don't want a situation where it's like, oh my gosh, this is so good. <gasps> what happens next? <laughs> like, who killed <laughs> character A? Like, is this whatever. Twin Peaks? Yes. Right. <laughs> so, um, also announced uh, just a couple hours ago, so uh, Taika Waititi, which I had to Google how to spell his name or how to pronounce his name. Because I was like, I've never really known. <laughs> um, he has been approached to develop a new Star Wars movie. So we don't know anything about that. But um, he did direct the season finale of The Mandalorian. And I'm like, I'm okay with this. I mean, after seeing the season finale of The Mandalorian, seeing that he directed it, it made complete sense that he directed it. Especially that opening scene. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm also so behind on The Mandalorian. I mean, there are if baby you, Yoda episodes out there you haven't seen? Um, is he in the first episode? Yes. yes. Then, yeah, I haven't seen any of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I've, so here, here's my issue. Nope, there's no, there's no justification no. for you. Here, here, here it is. So, like, y'all know I got kids. A few. <laughs> between me and my wife. Um, Brady. Pretty much. <laughs> and so, like, life is hectic. Brady I mean, has nothing on them. <laughs> <laughs> They had a maid, okay? <laughs> Anyways. At my house, I am the maid. Just call me Alice. Um, that was her name, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Now I'm no. changing your name in our group chat. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> I'm not buying... First off, I'm not buying him another mug. Second of all, all I'm picturing him now is like in a blue dress and... <laughs> you know, Pick it with I the blue dress, new, blue dress, cosplay, blue dress. Just talking about uh, Sam dress. the Butcher. <laughs> so... But like, and I'm in school right now. I just started a new job a couple months ago. Life is a little, All of these a little crazy. So everything's I, coming up picket. What happens? No, oh, wow. You broke Matt. So he just about he just about snotted coffee all uh, over. Just us. about. Yep. Uh, but so I've tried to turn it on a few times, but I, I'm like, okay, my time is at like 10 o'clock at night. I'm up at like 6 a.m. So I'm like, all right, show. <laughs> Whoops. And I wake up to no show or I'm like, what episode am I even on right now? Because I didn't even start the first one, really. So, yeah, it's a whole thing. I do intend to watch it. I don't know when. Yeah, that's fair. So, all right. So Oscar nominations came out earlier this week. Um, Joker uh, led the pack. It's got 11 Oscar nominations, including Best Picture, Lead Actor, Director, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I have some feelings on that. I'll get to that in a minute. Um, up against Joker for Best Picture. I'm not going to go over all the nominations, but just a few of them. Uh, so there's also Ford v. Uh, Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, uh, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Um, let's see. Going up against Joaquin Phoenix for Lead Actor, Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, and Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. Lead actress, uh, Cynthia Erivo? We're going to go with sure. her. Uh, for Harriet, Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story, which Scarlett Johansson also got nominated for Best Supporting Actress. She's one of only a few people who have gotten dual nominations, so that's awesome. Um, Seorsi Ronan for Little Women. Uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't whatever. That's really rude of me, but God, I did the best I could. <laughs> <laughs> what what what's what's her actual first name? Sorsha. Okay, thank you. <laughs> uh, Charlize Theron for Bombshell and Renee Zellweger for Judy. Um, let's see. 
couple that I wanted to talk about too because they're local ish ish um for best documentary short short subject one of the nominees is saint louis superman uh it's a um 30 minute documentary and it's about the life of um uh like ferguson activist uh bruce franks jr he uh he's a rapper and who was elected to the missouri house of representatives in 2016 it focuses on his efforts to pass legislation declaring youth violence as a public health epidemic as he endured his own personal traumas so later on he did resign from his seat um saying that he wanted to focus on his own mental health as well as his family mm-hmm. also um in the st louis area so nominated for um animated animated short is uh, hair love it's from lion forge uh, animation which it's uh it's the story that, and it actually it broke Kickstarter record, records and it was picked up by Sony Pictures Animation. Uh, and then Sony Pictures ended up finding Lion Forge and they kind of collaborated on getting everything put together. So it's the story of a father um, trying to do his daughter's hair for the first time. I finally, I'd meant to watch this. I finally did today. And like I was telling um, telling these guys while you were off doing something, Tabitha, uh, it'll make you cry. Oh, no. I'm just letting you know that right now. Because oh, no. I I even welled up. I was like, oh, I'm, oh, I'm oh. Done for. In all yeah, fairness, a I'm well done. done commercial makes Tabitha cry. Not even a well done commercial. You're right. Yeah. Just a slightly gushy commercial can make Tabitha cry. It's because I don't have real feelings about real things. So like, <laughs> commercials, like that stuff is the stuff that makes me cry. So like, real life stuff, I'm like, meh. <laughs> Walk it off. So... <laughs> A gushy commercial, so like a fruit gushers, those commercials will make yeah, her cry. Coming. Yep. Yeah, Mitch. I hate you. <laughs> That's. Can you be a Can you be a gem and hand me my bell? <laughs> oh well, but of course. Oh, oh thank you. Thanks. <laughs> so, but um, but yeah. So, shockingly slash not shockingly, the only uh, nomination that Avengers Endgame got was for visual effects. Yeah. Um, I'm not surprised that it didn't get any kind of bigger nominations, but at the same time, it's like, do they ever exactly? No, this, uh, and I mean, it's that's like when return of the King, like finally got nominations yes. after the Lord of the Rings movies, it was like the Academy's like, Oh crap, we screwed up. These are actually really good. And like through all the nominations at return of the King, these superhero movies, they're just, they're never going to get their due because people like Martin Scorsese don't see it as cinema. But you see, that's just like, and like you said, Return of the King finally got it. But Endgame is like the Return of the King right. of like what we've got that should have gotten something, yeah. something. Exactly. Other, I mean, visual effects, yes. I mean, it does have great visual effects. They all have. Um, I wouldn't say that like the visual effects in this were just a thousand times better than even um, uh, uh, Infinity War. But still, something else. I have right. a lot of feelings. Sorry, <laughs> but it's also. It's also up against the Irishman 1917, the Lion King, and then also Star Wars, the rise of Skywalker for visual effects. So it ain't going to win. No. Yeah. The rise of Star Wars. Skywalker was pretty legit. Right. Well, I have a feeling that the Irishman will win that one because it's or 1917. Mm-hmm. One of those. Yeah. two. But high brow movies. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We need some low brow up in here. Word. <laughs> well, I guess at least at least medium brow. Let's mid-level go. Mid-level brow? Yes. Okay. Mid-level brow. Okay. <laughs> That's like our whole show. It's like a mid-level brow show. Sorry, guys. Oh, sweetie. This is 
This is a lowbrow show. Yeah, right. At best. Is it like a basement brow? Is that <laughs> Your favorite basement brow podcast. Ooh. <laughs> Could be our new tagline. Yeah. You're all welcome. I'm a marketing genius. Yeah. Thanks, for, thanks for listening to The Geek Awakens, your basement brow podcast. <laughs> so, um, and I think I'm the only one in the room who still who has seen Joker, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, but still like, I don't, I don't know how I feel about it having 11 nominations. It seems like a lot. Let yeah. me ask, let me ask you this question. If this were not a superhero style movie, <laughs> would it be a good movie? Have you, have you heard my conspiracy theory about Joker? I, I have not. Okay. So. Settle in Beckett. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and I, and I've tried not to talk too much about this movie on the show. Uh, and let me preface it by saying like, I enjoyed the movie. For what it was, it was a good movie. Sure. What it wasn't was a Joker origin story. I will go to my grave saying that this movie was not a Joker movie until they realized, hey, we can get more butts and seats if we say that this is a comic book movie. Hmm. So, okay. And, and that's, so when I saw all the trailers for this and I saw every review, like, that that seems to be the general consensus. I'm like, this doesn't look like a Joker movie. Yeah. It doesn't look like a superhero th- movie at all. And I say superhero, obviously we're talking about a villain, but uh, but it's did not strike me as a comic book movie whatsoever. It definitely looks like an interesting drama um, or action, whatever. Yeah. Um, but that's been kind of my thing. Like, I will probably end up seeing this, just say I, I finally seen it. Uh, but I, I'm, I already know I'm not going to like it only because I want a Joker origin story, not this origin story. No. And don't don't go into it knowing that, oh, I'm not going to like it. Go into it with an open mind, because like I said, I enjoyed it. But at the same time, you can remove every DC reference to the movie and still have basically the exact same movie. Yeah. But I did see this article talking about how Joker. Uh, well, the headline is Joker's Oscar nominations are a joke. It was from Slate.com. Um I just want to briefly just a couple of the head or the couple of lines that uh, struck out at me. So it says uh, it is a movie designed to seem impressive to anyone without much of an understanding of film history who's maybe seen clips of Taxi Driver online. <laughs> <laughs> and this and like I said, it's from this is from Slate.com. The author is Dan uh, Coles. Uh, so and this one is. Eerily accurate. Joker is 122 minutes long, yet somehow contains 183 minutes of Joaquin Phoenix laughing uncontrollably. <laughs> <laughs> that laugh is one of the reasons I almost don't want to see this movie because the few times I heard it in the trailer, like haunted my dreams, and I'm just like. Mm. Also, is anybody here really not a Joaquin Phoenix man? Because I'm not. The only movie I think I've ever actually seen him in is Walking. <laughs> And I didn't enjoy that. I, <laughs> I like I'm that just, movie because Reese Witherspoon, but I could have done without everybody else. That movie just could have been Reese Witherspoon walking around in 50s wear, and I would have been like, okay, great film. <laughs> Perfect. Or she just goes full-on Eddie Murphy and just plays every role. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I want a movie where, I don't even care what the movie is, but I want a movie where Reese Witherspoon plays every character. <laughs> Can it be a can it be a Joker movie? It can be an anything movie. Sure. Can it be the villain movie that we we it's deserve? Because <laughs> that would be amazing. Reese Witherspoon but as she has to every be part. The characters that she is in other movies. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> so like some sweet home Alabama. Yes. Yeah. Ooh. Like she walks in, she's like 
like a cop, but she like says. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she, she also happens to be a blonde lawyer. You know, yeah, I'm I'm totally okay with this. <laughs> I think we need to start on a screenplay, guys. I already did. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, Dan does go on to say, he says, uh, in fact, Joker is merely the fourth best movie to feature this extremely popular cartoon villain. It is a comic book movie whose star thinks he is too good for comic book movies. Fourth Ooh. most. Okay. Fourth most popular movie with this character. So obviously Dark Knight. <laughs> Number one has to be right. Um, it was, the was original it Batman? The original okay. Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Jack Nicholson. Jack, yes. yes. And I don't know. Uh, uh, he's in. Uh, 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 oh, oh, would it be the yeah. Batman movie? Yeah. Like the Adam. Is he in the Adam West Batman movie? Mm, I, I have not. I mean, the- at the very least, it could be just referring to any of the any of the Mark Hamill. Yeah. Because yeah, as far as I'm concerned, that's the Joker. Well, yeah. I mean, even like the killing joke, it was in theaters. Yeah. So and, and I've said it. From day one, I would die to see Mark Hamill play the Joker. I've seen him play the trickster mm-hmm. uh, on The Flash, and it was wonderful. And I'm like, I could do that. Could be the Joker for me. Yeah, personally. So, last last uh, line from this, and then we're going to move on to something else. Um, so finishes off the article saying, "Academy Academy members, hear my heed my plea. If you want to reward a movie about the rage of the underclass, vote for Parasite. If you want to reward a movie that boldly mixes the dark and the light, vote for Jojo Rabbit. If you want to reward a movie for being indebted to the work of Martin Scorsese, vote for The Irishman. Irishman? Irish, <laughs> the Irishman. Um, but I, what was that? <laughs> Top of the morning. Uh, <laughs> They're always after his lucky charms. Yeah, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was not part of the quote. But it, it does end up, but do not vote for uh, Joker. It is not magnificent, sublime, monumental, or extraordinary. It is dumb. Oh, dang. So. Shots fired. Right, that guy yeah. came for that movie. I'm in for it. Right. <laughs> so anyway, um, Oscars are what, February 9th? So we will find out just how well that movie, as well as the others, clean up. I think I'm going to have to watch this movie before then, because I'm going to have to know. Right. Before this happens, I have to know. Yeah. So um, we got a press release from Vault. Um, They have announced that plot number one um, is going to be reissued with a very special printing. It's part of the Vault Lines uh, series of deluxe black and white editions. So it's going to be printed on deluxe heavyweight paper, um, and it, it basically, having it in black and white, it spotlights the uh, line art of the series co-creator and artist Josh Hickson. And this was something that they kind of had discussed early on with this series of having it in black and white. I know we've talked about in the past, especially with series like The Walking Dead, like, mm. I'm not... I'm not a huge fan of black and white comics. Uh, just doesn't really do it for me. But like the couple of issues that we've read of the plot, like I could see this. This would be good in black and white. Yeah. I would like to see for me, like a good detective comic would be a good black and white one, depending yeah, on the so animation style. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah. So um, that will be released February 12th. So especially, especially if you haven't read any of the plot yet, that might be a good one to go in and sounds like a really good Valentine's gay gift for that Valentine's day gift. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm done. Good night, guys. Have a good time. <laughs> Valentine's Day gift for uh, that that geek you might love. <laughs> so anyway, um, we got a chance to read. <laughs> We got a chance to read a new graphic memoir from Oni Press. Uh, it is called, and it's actually it's something we've talked about before, but it's called Fights, uh, One Boy's Triumph Over Violence. Uh, it's written and illustrated by Joel Christian Gill. Um, this will be released on January 22nd uh, this year. Now, Joel also wrote um, Fast Enough. It was a story of uh, Bessie Stringfield. Yep. Um, so I know, Tabitha and Matt, you guys both got a chance to read this. So basically, the quick... The quick and dirty of this uh, graphic memoir, it tells a story about him growing up and having to learn how to. That was not an intentional shame. <laughs> wait, wait hold on. If Tabitha sh- drops the shame bell, does that give her a shame? I was going to say Try maybe it, gravity. It. <laughs> okay, first of all, I am very supportive of you. Second of all, it was a valid question. It was not me saying, oh, Tabitha gets a shame. It was a question. I think gravity gets the shame. It's like uh, a, so many it, shames for gravity now. I just can't. I got you. It's like if a, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it. Like if the shame bell falls. But we all heard it. Yeah. I'm just saying. No. That's just. that's just. I'll leave it alone for now because I don't want to be shamed. But I'm just. I was just a question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got you got a little bit close there, Piggy. Yeah. <laughs> so. I just want an excuse to shame Piggy. It's really all I'm looking for in my life. <laughs> I feel like. I feel like I'll be very surprised if, like, especially during LodgeCon, if he uh, if he doesn't get at least one shame. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. We all get in shame during LodgeCon. <laughs> some, you, I'm it is need more bells. Look, <laughs> it is literally the one time uh, of year that I expected at least one shame. <laughs> um, and this year, with all of us, with me joining you again, uh, or actually joining all of you at C2E2, we're all, it's going to happen. Yeah. Yep. I expect at least one, maybe two, maybe three. I don't know. Ooh. Maybe you'll tie with me. I don't think anybody's going to be tying with you anytime directly. <laughs> Not even. As a matter of fact, I'm together. I'm going to go ahead and just state right now that when we finish this show and we hit the very last episode, nobody will be even close to tie with you with all of their shame put together. Yeah. Like all of our shame. I mean, all of us. We could pool all of our shames and still not come close to you. Maybe. You have we'll infinity see. shames, Mitch. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe somebody else will get infinity shames. Anyway, back to fights. <laughs> Because it's a really, really important story. <laughs> um, so it tells a story about uh, Joel growing up and le- basically learning how to f- ha- having to fight to survive against against um, racism, against family, it, just everything you name it. Um, it, it. Just it's it was a well done story. It was a story that was in a in a really good way. It was hard to read. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it it deals with some tough situations uh do you you know there's there is strong you know there's strong language in there and strong themes but i think that they need to be there uh like i said i know matt and tabitha you both got a chance to read what did you guys think i really enjoyed it um it was definitely a difficult read it's situations that i think a lot more people go through than any of us tend to even realize but I think probably, and this is kind of weird, but I think one of my favorite parts is actually there's a note at the end by the author about it being a memoir and not a autobiography mm-hmm. um, and how there are certain situations, there are certain characters that he in some ways essentially changed or like he cre- he admits that the, the Rook character, there was no Rook. 
but Rook was a collaboration of other people and other situations that he had to deal with. Um, and I think that's, that's fantastic that in this type of medium, you can do that. You can combine those things to get, you know, a stronger point across in a, a concise manner. Tabitha, what'd you think? So I'm going to read you guys my Goodreads review because this book really kind of messed with me a little bit. Um, like I said, my Goodreads review. Um, this was intense. I sometimes struggle with graphic memoirs because not only are you reliving someone's experiences through words, but through images as well. There are some parts of this black man's life growing up in the 80s that really struck home with me, a 30-year-old white girl from a farming community. Not libraries being safe, but books being safe and finding your tribe and people who aren't your biological family. The not knowing that the way you're growing up is abnormal until you're an adult reflecting back on it. This was really hard, a really hard read for me, but I loved it. I'm so glad there are books like this out there so people don't feel so alone. I had I had a hard time with this. Like I in the middle of reading it ended up having to put it down for a few minutes and kind of like step away and then go back into it. But I'm glad things like this do exist for people who are going through this and have gone through this. And I just like I'm I'm very proud of this author for putting it all out there. Like that. Yeah. And one one thing too that I you know finished like as I was finishing up I mean it's just like it's great to see these kinds of stories where the person is able to rise above and you know get out of that situation and you know also like to be able to change themselves too you know uh, too many times you see these kinds of stories you know whether it, any kind of medium uh where they are not able to mm-hmm. rise above mm-hmm. and you know the tragedy continues you know yeah um so it was it was really good to see that um and yeah it's it's one of those books i mean it's it's important for kids to read it's important for adults to read just as much um but yeah i would really really you know implore you to to check it out yep so, like I said, that does come out on January 22nd. So, um, we're going to start Gut Reaction. We've got a few trailers to talk about, first off. And the first one we're going to talk about, uh, actually, Matt, is one that you mentioned today, and it's um, Guns Akimbo? It is. I, I I hope, I don't know if you got a chance to watch, if anybody got a chance to watch it. I did. It. Yeah. Okay. This is just weird. I mean, the general premise is that basically there is people, people, people running this group. Yeah, this group. And you're they pick a random person and you are to fight to the death with this person. Somebody you've never met, somebody from completely different whatever area. Um, And our main character is Daniel Radcliffe, who is picked to go against this reigning champion in this hyper violent over the top dark comedy. I don't know. I, the one article that I read was talking about how Daniel Radcliffe continues to pick roles that uh, distance himself from being the boy that lived. And this is definitely one of those that is nothing like his role as Harry Potter. I, I don't entirely know what to make of this, even after watching the trailer. So I'm going to go thumb sideways. Um, I thought this was, <clears throat> excuse me. I thought this movie or this trailer was weird. Uh, it was fantastic though. Like it's, it, you got guns bolted to your hands. Like I'm 
in for this like thumbs way up this looks so fun pick it i am so thumbs up with this we were just talking about how i want original stuff mm. this is original <laughs> this is weird i freaking love it i want to wait to see another trailer to kind of want to, i want to know more uh the story but i'll probably see this regardless i'm excited about it tabitha I'm one of those people, though, that's never going to see Daniel Radcliffe as not being Harry Potter. So no matter what he's doing, I'm like waiting on him to be like, <laughs> like Leviosa or like I'm waiting on him to cast a spell. And I'm just like, why aren't you doing that? Where's your wand? So I haven't seen the trailer, but thumb sideways. I mean, he could have used a spell to get uh, out of his apartment after they strapped the guns to his hands. True. That was really Story. funny in the trailer. Yes, it was also like his American accent is on point. Yeah. Like, I've heard it before, but never like this. Also, you guys see that clip where he raps? It's a long time ago, but <laughs> so good. Sorry. So um, another trailer that has a lot to do with guns, and Matt, is there something we need to talk about? Uh, but, we're gonna, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but before we talk about that, let's talk about Bloodshot. Uh, so this is the international trailer for Bloodshot. We get a little bit, basically it's just more footage. Um, not really any more story than we got in the original trailer which this is one of those. I'm not sure there's a whole lot of story to begin with. Um, this continues to just look like triple X with superpowers. So I'm going to go. Uh, I mean, it could kind of be cool. I'm going to go thumb sideways. Um, I'm also going to give this one a thumb sideways. Um, I still like before this movie comes out, I want to know more about the character and that it's, if nothing else, these trailers have made me. I haven't done it yet because have you guys seen my stack of unread comics? Um, but uh, it makes me want to go and read some read some stories on this character first. But pick it. Yeah, I'm thumb sideways as well. Uh, the first trailer, like it's like Matt said, there was nothing new really. Yeah, uh, I didn't get anything extra, so I for me it wasn't like uh, oh cool okay not no no no, no revelation for me. Uh, and for me, since it's just on this trailer, we're not really talking about the movie. I'm gonna go thumb sideways because it's nothing new. Tabitha. Yeah, I'm tired of watching Vin Diesel play the same character over and over, and this time I had to watch his face get blown off and then put back together in that trailer, and I'm not happy about it. <laughs> not happy because it didn't because it got put back together. Yeah, <laughs> should have stayed apart. Would have looked better. Also, what's what like so like the <laughs> the poster shows like his eyes all mm -hmm. whatever, but I'm like, what is it with him and eyes? I mean, pitch black. He had the weird thing going on. Oh yeah, and uh, the Chronicles of Riddick. Although that whole series is weird. Now this, I don't know, just weird. So, Tabitha, let's go to Penny Dreadful. So, Showtime has released the first trailer for Penny Dreadful City of Angels, which is a spinoff to the Pen Penny Dreadful series that was set in Victorian-era London um, that went off the air a couple years ago. Um, this time, Natalie Dormer is playing a demon named Magda in Los Angeles in 1938. Uh, Brent Spiner will be starring as Captain Ned Vanderhoff, a veteran police officer dealing with a lot of pressure. We all know how I feel about that. Um... The series does premiere on April 26th of 2020. Um, this is checking, like, every single one of my boxes. I'm usually not a huge fan of, like, American historical fiction, but the late 1930s is one of the most interesting time periods, and, like, given L.A.'s proximity to old Hollywood, like, I'm ready for it. Um, and Natalie Dormer, who makes literally everything better. Um, I'm going with the huge thumbs up on this. The only thing I'm not giving a thumbs up to is that I don't think I have access to Showtime. <laughs> Matt. Uh, this is absolutely huge thumbs up. Um, I really enjoyed, I didn't watch all of the original Penny Dreadful series, but I watched a bunch of it. Um, more of that 1930s, you know, LA, 
you know, the mob scene thing, Natalie Dormer, huge thumbs up. Yeah. Um, you had me at Nathan Lane. I didn't even – I re- remember now us talking about Brent Spiner being in it, but I didn't see him in the trailer. He's in there for like a brief second. Okay. Like I was like, where is he? Where is he? And I was looking in the second my watch I spotted him, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, Nathan Lane also. But yeah, yeah. so uh, I agree with you. I don't have access to Showtime, and I ain't paying for the Showtime app or whatever, but still thumbs up. Pick it. Uh, no thumbs up. I, I actually really I don't I don't watch them. I've watched a few like the uh, the Penny Dreadful stuff uh, from early, and I, I didn't get hooked. Um, but it wasn't because like it wasn't good. Yeah. I actually was. I was like, this is actually really interesting, but it didn't quite hit all the other boxes. Didn't check all of my boxes. Um, but it was actually pretty good for what I watched. Um, so. And I love Nathan Lane, so yeah, why not? Thumbs up. We got a special look at Black Widow earlier this week during uh, a sports ball game. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It was the college football national championship. Sports ball. (laughs) Yep, Um, those sports ballers. This was really interesting, uh, an interesting trailer. We see that Black Widow is not the only... Widow, and I don't know, like, like I've said before, like, I'm still, like, I still think that Marvel is gonna pull, try to pull a fast one on us, but I'm still, I'm ready for it to be pulled on me. Um, nope, nope, (laughs) nope, nope. After all the discussion about guns tonight. (laughs) Jeez. You guys need to go to therapy. We tried. tried earlier. No one would switch me seats so I could have the chair. (laughs) But yes, thumbs up. Pick it. Uh, thumbs up. Um, I'm. I've been super excited about this movie, anyways. Uh, so just more, anything else we get for me is just a, a bonus. Sabathon. Yeah. Every every everything that gets released about this, every trailer, every snippet, every screenshot or photo from like whatever. It just I want this. I want this now, not later. Thumbs up. Matt. Uh, I am also super excited from this trailer for the more in-depth, I mean, I say in-depth, it's a trailer, um, you know, a bigger look at Taskmaster um, as the villain in this movie. Um, it, it's another one of those villains that's kind of you know, almost C-list when it comes to Marvel, but I think this is going to play really well in this movie, so thumbs up. We also got our first trailer of <laughs> Morbius. Um, man, I'm going to I'm gonna give this one a thumb sideways. Um, it was an interesting trailer. Um I was super pumped to see um, um, uh, Michael Keaton at the end of the trailer. So we're Vulture is going to be in this, and maybe this is going to help set up Sinister Sinister Six. (laughs) (laughs) Had too much coffee, and says the guy who's about to get more coffee. It's whatever. It's fine. (laughs) But um, but yeah, I. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for anything in the Spider-Man universe, but at the same time, it's like Morbius is not my favorite villain. So I don't know. Pick it. Uh, I'm going I'm to give it a thumbs up. I, I really, really enjoyed Michael Keaton as the vulture. Um, and I, I love Michael Keaton. You can put Michael Keaton just about anything. Um, him and Tom Hanks, but either way, uh, I'm, I, I'm with you. I'm really hoping it does set up the sinister six. Like it could, like we thought we were gonna get that once, and I was like, oh, okay, okay, and then they're like, oh no, just kidding, just just kidding. <laughs> Jk. So I would really like to see that to be a thing, but yeah, thumbs up, Tabitha. I will watch anything with Michael Keaton in it, except when it is related to Spider Man. 
<laughs> so it's thumbs down then? Yep. Yeah, Matt. Sure. Wow. <laughs> uh, this. <laughs> you and your loathing for Spider-Man. This trailer caught me off guard. This trailer looks way better than I thought this could possibly look. It looks dark. He looks creepy. Jared Leto looks like he's going to be able to pull off Morbius fantastically. Um, the connections that it looks like they're building to Spider-Man in the MCU. I just can't wait to see how that plays out. For not being a super popular Spider-Man villain, this looks like, from right now from the trailer, it looks like they've hit this on the head. Um, so thumbs up. Um, Matt, let's talk about what Brian K. Vaughn's doing. So Brian K. Vaughn and Tony Harris uh, wrote a comic called Ex Machina, which Legendary Entertainment has optioned the movie rights for. They are going to retitle it as The Great Machine so that they can avoid confusion with the 2015 movie Ex Machina. Um, Brian K. Vaughn is going to be executive producing. Essentially, the rumored storyline is that it will center on Mitchell Hundred, uh, who's our main character and superhero, dealing with a threatened political career when the source of his powers returns to claim its debt. Um, so Mitchell Hundred was a civil engineer who, in a strange accident, was able to control machinery. He uses his power to become the first superhero and then retires to run for uh, mayor of New York City, wins in a landslide, yada, yada, yada. Problems continue and flourish. I mean, it's Brian K. Vaughn. Uh, he's executive producing. He's attached to this. I have not read this comic. Makes me want to. Um, so I'm going to go thumbs up on this idea. Yeah. Uh, sounds like a great premise. I love pretty much anything that Brian K. Vaughn has ever done. Also, anything with my name as the same name as the main character. Um, <laughs> this is coming from the guy who has a kid, like was always bummed because like whenever we would go somewhere, I would never find a Mitch or a Mitchell or anything on a keychain. Don't give me that look. Who are you talking? <laughs> <laughs> like there were times I would have to settle for like getting like a keychain that said Michael on it. Um, <laughs> no, that's just sad. I know <laughs> it sure is sad. So, um, so all that said, I'm I'm in for this. Thumbs up. Pick it. Yeah, thumbs up. Um, for everything except for the name that you just said, I I, I could care less about the main character's name being Mitch. No offense. Wow. Um, but. <laughs> It does. It does indeed look interesting, Tabitha. Yeah. At, at this point in my life, I'm pretty sure Brian K. Vaughn can do no wrong. So <laughs> thumbs up. Um, between him and Lin Manuel Miranda, huh? Oh, BT Dubs from my Lin Manuel Miranda news desk. Today Ooh. is his birthday. So. Oh, happy birthday, Lin! I know you're and watching. I, and I give his birthday a thumbs up. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but thumbs down for getting another year closer to death. Wow. wow. I went. Oh, oh, that, that, that. that. <laughs> <laughs> I earned that one. There's no way that that's just one. Oh, that's two. How, I'll take how old is Lynn? I don't know. I think, honestly. I think I saw where he's 40. Is he 40? Yeah. I was just trying to correlate the number of shames to his birthday. Ooh. I can't do that. To <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, you I do appreciate it to me in a heartbeat. Yeah, but, but you, you do it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been worded better, but much. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so while I'm finding out how old Lin Manuel Miranda is, let's talk about Silence of the Lambs. So he's forty. Happy fortieth birthday. Um, 
<laughs> CBS has announced a Silence of the Lambs prequel series called Clarice. The show is being written by Alex Kurtzman, the executive who helped uh, revive Star, Star Trek at CBS, and Jenny Lummett, who is the showrunner for Star Trek Discovery. Um, I'm just going to read you guys the press release from The Hollywood Reporter about the details of the show. Clarice is described as a deep dive into the untold personal story of Clarice Starling, the role made famous by Jodie Foster, as she returns to the field to pursue serial murderers and sexual predators while navigating the high-stakes political world of Washington, D.C. Um, of course, we don't have any casting news or anything yet, and the show has not officially been picked up. The internet is already rallying for Jodie Foster to be a part of it in some, you know, some way. So I loved Silence of the Lambs when I was a kid. Far too young to be watching Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> Sounds but, about right. Right. This is it. What's wrong with me? <laughs> this is Silence of the Lambs is what's at my core. Like that's what that's what started who I am as a human. You love um, a nice Chianti. So fun story. When I was making my notes for this story, my notes for this say this would go well with a nice Chianti because I am who I am. Um, I'm giving this a thumbs down because honestly we have enough crime shows on tv fiction and nonfiction, and also like just let silence of the lambs be silence of the lambs like thomas harris made money off of a book and was like we'll look a movie and we'll look 10 more books that don't mean anything so <laughs> i'm giving this a thumbs down matt no offense to jodie foster and her role as clary starling in silence of the lambs because her portrayal is fantastic the movie is amazing. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. That movie is absolutely 1000% not about her. It's not. And the idea of going back and doing a backstory for her, completely and totally unnecessary. Not what I want to see if you were to give me more Silence of the Lambs universe stuff. So thumbs down. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel like this is the same kind of ideas with Joker. Like you could have take out the references to science of the lambs and you can still have a decent show. But yeah. then so. you just have law and order SVU. Yeah. yeah. Or criminal minds or, or criminal minds or any other TV show. Like this is going to be science of the lambs related in name. Only. True. But it's also, I mean, it's CBS. It's kind of what they do. It's like this. And then, you know, like, Big Bang Theory jokes. So, um, thumbs sideways. Sure, why not? Pick it. I'm going to go thumbs sideways because I need to see more uh, before I can really... Like, uh, the idea is interesting. Um, and, like, I don't know. Thumbs sideways. Um, Matt, let's talk about Binti. So, Hulu has ordered an adaptation of Binti, uh, which is a trilogy of novellas uh, written by... Nettie Okafor, uh, they won the Hugo, um, she won the Nebula. Um, she, uh, Okafor is going to pen the pilot along with Stacey O.C. Kufor, uh, who was a writer on HBO's Watchmen. Right now we have no timeline for release and really no casting information other than the fact that Hulu has said that they are going to be doing this. Um, I have read the first two of these three novellas. They're... Very interesting. They're not 100% my, my favorite books, but they were really, they were good and they were interesting. I'd be intrigued to see how they pull this sci-fi theme off for a TV show. Uh, so I'm going to go thumb sideways. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to go thumb sideways only because, I mean, when you first showed us this story, the only thing in it that I knew anything about was Hulu. So, <laughs> <laughs> pick it. 
Um, yeah, thumb sideways. Uh, I don't know anything about the premise. Really, still don't quite really get it. Um, and but I'm, I, you guys know me. I'm, I'm I'm a sucker for anything that they put out there in video format. So thumb sideways. Tabitha. I read the first one of these, and it is very beloved in the book community. And I just couldn't get into it. Like the repetition of the words and things in this very short fiction drove me completely bonkers. Um, I am glad that the author is part of the production, though, because I feel like that doesn't happen enough where it rights are bought to books. And then the author is essentially shuttled off to the side like, hey, thanks for the idea. Bye. Like, it makes me happy that she is a part of it. So thumb sideways. Uh, We're going to end gut reaction with you, Tabitha, and um, talk about what uh, Paris is doing. So French artist Julian Nonin, who specializes in projection video systems, has turned the streets of Paris into a Jurassic safari. Um, An urban art installation has images of T-Rex, Triceratops, and Brontosaurus called Prehistoric Safari and is based in Paris. Um, The artist currently has intentions of taking this worldwide. Um, I don't know if you guys got a chance to look at the images of this, but this is incredible and a work of like planning skill and serious dedication. Um, the images are completely beautiful, and I really, really love this idea of mixing technology with art on like an urban, like an urban scale. And I really hope that this paves the way for that to happen more frequently. Um, this is beautifully done, and I'm giving this a huge thumbs up. And before, so is this like a? It's projected onto like buildings the, and streets. Okay. And yeah. Matt, this idea sounds fantastic. I didn't get a chance to look at the images. I need to. Um, but yeah, this is definitely the kind of urban art um, that needs to be more widespread just from the sound of it. So thumbs up. Uh, yeah, for sure. Thumbs up. Um, and if it's something that comes, especially stateside, like I would be 100% down for it. Pick it. So in the world that we live in today, there is this whole... And and it's becoming huge right now, 3D projection mapping, where they use projectors on 3D objects and they have to make them in ways that they appear to be just flat on these objects. That in and of itself is an art. So when you add stuff like this, it is amazing. This is what they do at Disney, Universal, on their on their 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 castles and such. It's huge. And uh, so I give this a huge thumbs up because I love every bit of it. I've I've delved so much into 3D projection mapping. I've actually done a little of my own. It's terrible, but it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> so um we've got there are a couple more stories that I really want to talk about. And then um our last couple of stories, they're gonna be in SFW. <laughs> Probably Ooh. NSFL, <laughs> not safe for life. <laughs> but we go talk kind. about. So uh, the first thing that I want to discuss, uh, Tabitha, we're sticking with you, and um, we're going to talk about a new Harry Potter store. So on January 9th, Warner Brothers announced that a three-story, twenty thousand square foot store will be opening next to the Flatiron Building on Broadway in New York City in the summer of 2020. Um, I'm going to read you the uh, press release from Sarah Root, the Senior Vice President of Worldwide Tours and Retail for Warner Brothers. This will be the largest dedicated Harry Potter store in the world and will become a must-visit fan destination where Harry Potter enthusiasts can engage with interactive experiences and numerous photo opportunities as they step into the magic. This gives me all the reasons to go to New York. Like, I know we're all supposed to be really mad at J.K. Rowling right now and not giving her any money, but I still want to give them money because this looks phenomenal. And it's, it sounds like it's going to be really interactive. And I think something that they've done that's really cool with Harry Potter, with Universal Studios, with 
like the London experience that you can do. Everything is interactive. You don't just go and look at stuff and you don't just go and buy things like you go and you participate and they've they've figured out a way to really immerse you in the magic. And if this is anything like the work that went into Universal's um, Wizarding World, thank you. Um, It's going to be phenomenal and this building looks incredible like the mock-up designs look amazing like it's going to be in a great location and i'm just i'm stoked yeah this actually and and you guys know me i am all about like universal and everything that is universal and especially all things wizarding world and this year uh when i went on my family vacation i was able to actually ride the rides which for those of you who don't know, the last time I went, I was still too big, and I'd already lost a bunch of weight. Uh, so, like, this last time, uh, but the time before that, I guess, but the last time we went, I was able to ride them, and they're amazing. And you're absolutely right. They they immerse you. Um, you're not just going there and looking at Harry Potter stuff. You are in that world. And I am so excited about this. I, I'm giddy. I'm going to New York. <laughs> so, Road like- trip. Yeah, road trip. <laughs> I mean, do we, we need... can, can, book, can you get me press? Oh my can god, we, can look, you get me press passes to BookCon next year. I'll do my best. Thanks, Pickett. I appreciate you. Even better, get us press passes at New York Comic Con, right? I will do my best. Also, I would. <laughs> I, I also want to like get a hold of these people and be like, "Hey, look, do you have like a press screening of this whole building?" Because right. I mean, I'm in. That would be. I can't yeah. drive with you people. To, I'm gonna have no, to we'd have to fly. I, I don't drive. I, I can't. I can't be in the car that long. No. I like I you guys. Can't. You all know how I don't like to fly. We'll sedate you, and you can sit between Matt and I and hold both our hands. Um, <laughs> that's not gonna work. I told you about when I flew overseas, right? Yeah. 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 In- we'll in- figure it out. Get you some cow tranquilizers or something. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> um, maybe. Maybe you can just play the uh, Playmobil movie, and I'll fall asleep that way. That'll put everybody to sleep. I mean, it <laughs> put everybody to sleep here in the United States. So, um, I didn't even realize this was a thing. I saw a preview for it in front of... I don't even remember what movie I saw, but... Oh, was it Lion, Lion King? King? Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Playmobil, there was a movie... It has officially ended its theatrical run with a grand total of $1.1 million at the domestic box office. Wow. Wait, it gets better. I mean, worse. Um, (laughs) It uh, brought in $656,000 opening weekend. That's rough. And it opened December 6th of last year. It brought in more than half of the total money domestically in its first weekend. Oh. That is unfortunate. Somehow it made $14.3 million internationally. Those, the, the international market's weird. Right? It is weird. It's um, weird. It's not like the, there was nobody attached to this movie. Daniel Radcliffe, Jim Gaffigan, Adam Lambert, Keenan Thompson, Megan Trainer all loaned their voices to characters in this film. Um, so needless to say, there is no way they're recouping their budget of $75 million. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be a big negative. Oh, did no. not play well with others. No, Oof. they they were not about that base. <laughs> um, <laughs> I ain't even mad about that, Mitch. <laughs> that's just that's just embarrassing. It really is. And I honestly like during that trailer that I that I saw of it. Like I found myself 
almost chuckling a couple times. Yeah. Like it was clear that that movie was not for me. But like, and even still, like even watching that trailer, I, I knew then like, ooh, this is probably gonna bomb. But um, but still, like I was like, you but know, here's the thing: the Lego Movie also not really aimed at us, right? But it's amazing. It's, um, it's awesome. So yeah. on the on the next edition of uh, not on the next edition of um, uh, guilty, dumps, oh. guilty pleasure dumpster fire, <laughs> I'm just oh, saying. No. When that comes out on video, we'll have to add that to the list. I, you know what? Comes out on video, you're gonna go to Blockbuster or that. There's a family video that's just down the street. Just when people say on video, I related to VHS in my head, so I'm just like on video. You gonna go get the beta bit? I'm old. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm aware. Oh Thanks. man, guys, um, are you are you cool with going a little bit over this week? What else? Sure. Okay. Do we not almost always go a little bit over every week? True, but. Because I had talked about the NSFL story, <laughs> but then we wouldn't have the Baby Yoda news desk. Oh, God oh. forbid. Okay. Can you just follow me around in life and make sound effects for me? I'm I'm right there with you. Okay. Does it pay? You get to hang out with me all day. Yeah, what else? Well, can there be food at least? Will you feed me? I don't eat much. Yes. Four I, ounces. I, will feed you. I eat four ounces. I could literally I have what you a, don't eat. Do, you want to, do I just bring you a bottle and like keep it in the fridge and pass it out? Not liquid ounces. It's got to be food food. I mean, I'm still a man. I like meat. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> okay, back to my baby Yoda news desk, which is hard to say, by the way. Um, if you've been anywhere near the internet, you know that Baby Yoda has been huge and toy companies are struggling to get licensing deals for merchandise. Um, leave it to Build-A-Bear to be the first in line to make $4 million uh, because they are releasing the child, Baby Yoda, let's get real, as a stuffy option. Um, we have no release date, but this is 100% going to sell out of Build-A-Bear. Um, and while I want one, all I keep thinking about is standing in line with a bunch of 30-year-old middle-aged white dudes also trying to make a wish on the heart of their baby Yoda stuffy. And I'm uncomfortable about it. So I want one, but I don't want to fight the crowd. Can you can you buy Build-A-Bear stuff? Like, yeah. Can you buy them buy online? online? Yeah. Will they stuff them? Or do you just yeah, get they, the... No, okay. you don't just get the carcass. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, you had to say carcass. <laughs> well, what else is it called? I don't know, but now I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> Oh, God, in much worse news. (laughs) Um, Trump supporters are using Baby Yoda to promote the MAGA merch. Um, At Trump's rally in Milwaukee, a T-shirt was spotted with an image of Baby Yoda and the slogan, Keep America Great, uh, which I guess implies that the Make America Great Again slogan has been updated since Trump has already made America great. But that's the thing. Yes, the official slogan is Keep America Great. But on the shirt, it's like they tried to make it Yoda speak Mm -hmm. and it didn't work. Yeah, they don't understand how life works. Um, (laughs) But I guess he's already made it great by trying to start World War III, touching women inappropriately and making fun of people with disabilities and being a great dude. Um, Baby Yoda does not deserve this. Um, In the Star Wars universe, Yoda represents hope, which is not something that I think most people would associate with the current administration. Baby Yoda has also, like, brought the internet together. Like, people that don't even watch Star Wars are watching Star Wars so they can watch Baby Yoda. Like, I have friends that are, like, actively have done that. Like, went out of their way to watch all the Star Wars movies, which they showed no interest in before, just so they could watch The Mandalorian to experience Baby Yoda. Like, (laughs) stop bastardizing Baby Yoda. 
Um, the tweets about this have been fantastic. Um, people have been tagging Disney with pleas to their legal staff to, you know, deal with this very clear copyright infringement. Um, people have said, you know, do they know he doesn't speak? And well, he went to the dark side fast. Um, uh, but on the plus side, uh, the shirt is not selling well. <laughs> so that's awesome. <laughs> One of the things too, like when I saw this, I was like, Yes, I get it. copyright infringement, blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, I mean, at the end of the day, bare bones, is it any worse than the um, Calvin peeing on things? No. It's not. Insane. Not at all. Yeah. I just, I, I, I don't want those people wearing baby No. No. It's pure and precious. Also, slightly. Stop punching him. <laughs> yeah, stop punching him. Stop touching him. Stop making him into bad things. Also, slightly off topic, but not really, because did you notice the shirt next to it that had the Punisher logo mm-hmm. with Trump's hair? Mm-hmm. What? Did you not see no, that? No, I did not. I, I was yeah. too focused on the Baby Yoda. I need people to stop. Ugh, yeah. In general. So. Plague. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're about there. <laughs> um, Matt, let's talk about... Um, a, a heartwarming story before we get to the awfulness of what we're going to talk about. <laughs> but um, what is Leonardo DiCaprio doing to help Australia? So we all know, we talked a little bit about it last week or two weeks ago, about the wildfires in Australia. Leonardo DiCaprio uh, last year co-founded a group called Earth Alliance. And that group, Earth Alliance, has just recently launched the Australia Wildfire Fund. They... Our starting our Earth Alliance is starting off this fund with three million with a three million dollar donation. One hundred percent of the donations will quote uh, will go to assisting local firefighting efforts, supporting affected local communities, rescuing and recovering wildlife, and establishing long term solutions to restore and repopulate unique ecosystems destroyed by the wildfires, increasing climate resilience, and reducing the threat of future wildfires. Um, this. Um, wildfire fund is also founded in partnership with six charities, three of which are doing groundwork in Australia. Um, Aussie Ark, which is a wildlife con- conservancy, Bush Heritage, which is a land management nonprofit, and Wires Wildlife, which is an animal rescue. It, it's just it's it's fantastic that we're getting some of these celebrities, um, you know, to kick in money to help this extreme natural disaster um also you know this fund this three million dollars is what like four times what jeff bezos donated yeah i said it once and i'll say it again if anybody's gonna rescue this entire world it's gonna be leonardo dicaprio (laughs) he like goes away for a while and you're like where did leonardo dicaprio go and then suddenly he's in a movie and then he's like oh bt dubs just saved the world everyone's welcome and then he goes away again it's the weirdest (laughs) he's he's like a real life captain planet he really is he's our hero it's bizarre like you won't hear anything about him for forever and then like a natural disaster occurs he's like oh hey guys how's it going here's a bunch of money how can I help? And then you're like, where did Leonardo DiCaprio go? And he's like, oh, hey, I'm in a movie. And we're like, oh, we forgot you were an actor. We thought you were an activist. Awesome. And then something else happens. He's back. I don't get it. He's, where does he go? He's an, act- <laughs> he's an activist. Ooh. I'm not even mad. I love it. <laughs> so um, 
Leonardo DiCaprio is not the only person who is trying to um, raise funds for Australia. And y'all, um, this is where it gets little, little gross. Um, so if you if you got weak stomachs, these next couple stories, um, have a great night. We'll see you next week. <coughs> so um, Brisbane-based sex toy supplier Geeky Sex Toys <laughs> has released a special donation dildo. Can you... S- <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, can you say that 10 times fast, but never mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, 100% of the proceeds are going towards brush fire, uh, bushfire recovery. Um, <laughs> it is called the Down Under Donation Dildo. <laughs> <laughs> it is priced at $69. Um, but you can include an additional donation if you want to. Um, <laughs> the uh, this special product is handmade. It has an insertable length of five point five inches and a circumference of four point two five inches. I've got it pulled up. Wait, <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> um, for those who can't see it. They even have a uh, koala at the at the base of it, and the bottom is shaped <laughs> like Australia. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever been more uncomfortable about a koala. <laughs> so cute, so cuddly. Not there. <laughs> but yeah, um, the best part. It's already surpassed their initial goal of ten thousand dollars. Wow! I mean, I mean, it's for a good cause. I get it. I was gonna say, I mean, it's a it's a two birds one stone scenario. Oh man, I really, oh, I've never wanted it to be like a white elephant Christmas more in my life. Twenty dollar limit out the window. Sixty nine dollars. Here we go. I mean, you can get it now and just save it for Christmas. Know what Mitch is getting for Christmas? <laughs> Joy. <laughs> no, that dildo. <laughs> oh man. But yeah. So that's that's a thing. Also, um, that wasn't the only weird, gross bit of news that came out, and unfortunately this one has no redeeming quality um to you know to add to it, but Matt, you, you have the uh, honor of having the last story this week. You know, the sad part is I found this story earlier this week and I immediately knew that it would be the last story of the week when I found it, because that's who we are. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. (laughs) Um, So Gwyneth Paltrow and her goop multimedia company thing, whatever it is, um, has released or is in the process of releasing a candle. Uh, let me, I'm just going to read this. Um, <laughs> this candle started as a joke between perfumer Douglas Little and Paltrow. The two were working on a fragrance and she blurted out, uh, this smells like a vagina, but evolved into a Funny, gorgeous, sexy, and beautifully unexpected scent. What? <laughs> um, the candle is a blend of geranium, citrusy, 
Bergamot. Bergamot and Cedar Absolutes juxtaposed with Damask Rose and Ambrette Seed that puts us in the mind of fantasy, seduction, and a sophisticated warmth. The test run of this candle sold out in hours. And it's rumored to cost $75. I'm just going to say the only person with one of these in the, not the candle, but these in the room, I don't think that that smell description. (laughs) 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 Not in any kind of natural way without any outside influence (laughs) or additional products. (laughs) Like jade eggs. Or washes or yeah, <laughs> creams or there's spray now. I don't know. It, it, pH balances itself, ladies. Leave it alone. <laughs> I have nothing to add. <laughs> I mean, I'm bothered by Paltrow's initial response to the scent. Like, uh-huh. Maybe yeah. she just said that because she had this idea of vagina candle and like putting it on the market because for some weird reason, women listen to Gwyneth Paltrow instead of their gynecologist about their vagina. <laughs> and she's like, wonder what it would take to sell a candle and just label it vagina. Like when you're looking, when you're looking for <laughs> presents on like Etsy and stuff, like you look at, up things, they're like, this candle smells like a brisk walk in the woods. I'm like, my walk doesn't smell. Like, I don't understand what you mean. Like, I think she just made made this up to see what she could do much like the jade egg thing also don't do that jade is porous don't put that in there (laughs) i feel like i need to have like a public service announcement against all things goop because this woman is not a doctor (laughs) i feel like this is gonna be an entire show for tabitha oh my god it frustrates i'm just just throwing that out there i I could get on my soapbox for like three days about Gwyneth Paltrow and her goop <laughs> and her vagina steaming and her weird cushions and her jade she's, she's, and using, her... she's using her goop to make vaginas and candles. I mean, ew. Honestly, <laughs> when I saw this article, I was like, does this bitch really want me to put a candle in my vagina? <laughs> <laughs> Everything else that she's come uh, up with goes inside you. And I'm just like, but why? Just just don't light it. <laughs> you know, like the, the wax candles for your ears? I was like, is this the same thing? Uh, but it's not. Not like ear candling? Right. Like, that's what I thought was happening. I'm like, oh, that's, mm, let's not. Medieval medical practices are medieval for a reason. <laughs> Balances itself. Leave it alone. I just... <laughs> And all that aside, like regardless of the scent or whatever, and the the morbid curiosity part of me does want to like walk into you know uh, Yankee Candle Company and you know get a whiff of this candle. Uh, I know it's not sold there, but you know whatever. Mm-hmm. But still, like who in their right mind is paying seventy five dollars for a candle? The same people buying hundred and sixty nine dollar jade eggs and shoving them up their hooahs. <laughs> Those people. I still have nothing to add. She should be sued. <laughs> For what? Existing. <laughs> I mean... I'm very bitter about what it's I mean, maybe somebody could, like, sue for false advertisement. No, because every... No, you can't. Because now every dumb woman who's gone and spent 75 freaking dollars on this candle is like, oh my god, that's exactly what my vagina smells like. Just because they don't want to be wrong and they don't want to have wasted their $75. Anybody stupid enough to buy this is, like, too stupid to, like, complain. They're just, they're just, they shouldn't exist. 
<laughs> hey, Matt, I've got a really good Christmas gift idea for next year for you. If you give me the $75 candle, I will, I will melt it and pour it over your head. <laughs> oh! Ow. Ow. Yeah. <laughs> Something like waste $75. Exactly. <laughs> also, how big is this candle? Oh, that I did not. I, I didn't it go to like the... A like when I looked at the picture, it was like a standard like 15-ounce candle. Because I when I opened the article, I thought it was going to be like an earwax candle. Like, well, I'm like, what? $75? So, okay. So, like, how, how, how long could that burn? I mean, it depends on how often you burn it. Well, yeah. And if it is soy-based mm. or not. It's yeah, there's a lot of variables there. Yeah. yeah. Candles are. What kind of wick it uses? Are, exactly. If yeah. it's a wood wick, it's going to burn faster. If it's not, it's going to burn slower. There's so many complicated factors. So, yeah. never mind. No. <laughs> no. No, we're, we're already. This is. This is the most. Wouldn't, be, said the word wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be unique if it had a wood wick candle inside of the <laughs> vagina scented candle? Wood wick inside of. Never mind. Yeah. We get it. Don't yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe you melt the candle down and there's a jade egg inside of it. She's like, I, stopped, I stopped being able to sell them. We're just going to put them in the candle. Like those candles where you get like Gilly rings and yeah. stuff. But you get a jade egg in there. Nice. It's $75. Like there's not a, it's not a kinder egg. There's not a toy inside of the candy. Jade is porous. That's, <laughs> that is one Cracker Jack box I will not be opening. Um, so <laughs> that. <laughs> I'm so sorry that you listened to this, Mom. Um, you know, I was just thinking the same thing. My mom, too. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Mom. Sorry, Lynn. <laughs> so that'll do it for this episode. Sorry, Grandma. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube to keep up with what's happening throughout the week. And be sure to let us know any cool things we're missing out on. From all of us at The Geek Awakens, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll be back next time. Everybody, say bye. Bye. bye.